0: Love talk Radio. It's time to open up your eyes. We your to make you wealthy and wise. You can watch your profits rise with the business enterprise. We give you what you need to know, what you need to watch your earnings grow. Listening to Enterprise on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Erica Collins.
1: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio's Enterprise, where we want to see your business rise. It's June 27, 2021, coming to you live from New York, New York. It's been a hot week in the town that never sleeps, while some of you are hoping for a miracle in Florida and others are trying to figure out July 4th plans, we have a wonderful show for you today with the miracle Glenna Johnson of Elaine Seary. Good evening, Glenna. Hi, Erica. Hi, everybody. Glenna Johnson, a Detroit native, is a world-renowned watercolorist and silk painting artist. Her scarves are worn by many diplomats, corporate executives, entertainers, and patrons of the arts. Introduced to the art at the Detroit Waldorf School, Glenna has been painting since she was five years old. She graduated summa cum laude with a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in watercolor and interior design from the University of Detroit, Mercy. An avid traveler, Glenna draws key inspirations from nature, and life. Once again, welcome to the show, Glenna.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on the show.
1: So I'm very excited. So, do a little thing where we take a little travel back into time to when you were a little girl? What did you want to be?
0: Actually, I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be just like <laughs> you, can Uhura O'Hara, on Star Trek. I remember mm-hmm. watching the moonwalk, and we were watching it outside on the Sony television that actually looked like a helmet. It was a bubble TV, black and white. Mm -hmm. And I just remember looking at the TV and looking up at the moon and I couldn't quite understand how could they got it on TV, but I couldn't see it on the moon, you know, but that was technology. (laughs) And ever since then um, astronomy and the stars have been one of my favorite things. And Recently, we just had a really nice pink moon outside, so I always look at the moon. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood uh, and how you got interested in working with fashion?
0: It was never really my intent to go into fashion at all. I had trained to be an artist, and before that, I was training to be a ballerina, but toilet cart was Mm -hmm. in my knee, so that stopped that. But then I said, my grandfather said, well, you paint really well. Why don't you paint? So I pursued a career as an artist. Um, And watercolor was something I learned at at Waldorf, and they called it veil painting, just painting in very transparent layers. Um, And so that was never my intent. I intended to be a painter. But the only way people could see my work as a painter was you had to get to somebody's house that had my work and see it on their wall. So, indirectly, that led me to start creating what we now call wearable art. And that way, I thought everybody could see it and people could enjoy it. That way. interesting.
1: And there's there's something our audience might not know. What is unique about your artistry? Can you express a little bit about your challenges? Um. So
0: since birth, I've been what we would call legally blind, low vision, or uh, visually impaired. So I haven't known any different, but my mother never treated it as a – she just treated it as a minor inconvenience. I wore glasses. I did everything. I hung upside down on the monkey bars. Little did I know my vision was as um, fragile as it is. And, but she never treated me like that little kid that should have gone on the little short bus. So I never got that. And when they realized I could see very well, I had a lot of training for reading and moving. But one of the best things that ever happened, I started dancing. So I used to take dance lessons at a dance studio in Detroit called Tony Lewis's School of the Arts. And I started dancing there at three. And it really, really gave me a great sense of where my body was in space, which allowed me not be so clumsy or fall or have a great sense of balance. So ballet was probably one of the things that saved me in addition to helping me walk in high heel shoes and have great posture and all the wonderful things, great legs and all the wonderful things that come with ballet. You know, so I don't. I understand what my vision challenges are now, and I've always had assistance with uh, scribes, readers through high school, assistance, uh, exams that went longer, um, not time test. Uh One of the things my mother oddly did was she happened to be one of the first black women to graduate from the University of Detroit Law School. And in doing so, she ha- had a daughter that was had a disability and she wrote and created a lot of laws for that one of the most notable was recognized by Congress not too long ago and uh, large print menus are the law fans of glass that have demarcation on them so you can tell that they're there Um, Mm -hmm. I have a thing from the congressional record that was honoring uh, my mother and it was done on February 2020. And it just states a lot of things about her social work and all her accomplishments, and it lists all her um, laws that she created that became federal laws in addition to laws in Michigan.
1: And what what was your mother's name?
0: Lois, L-O-I-S,
1: Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N. Wonderful. Wonderful. How did your experiences prepare you for your venture? Um, I was very,
0: very lucky to travel. Uh, Waldorf gave me the realization you see it, say it, make it, do it, experience it. So if I couldn't read it, we experienced it. And my mother and I traveled a lot. We actually went from Detroit to California in her convertible down Route 66 and stuff, and we went to go visit my aunts and uncles in California. That was probably one of my favorite trips. Um, I've been fortunate enough to travel because of business, interior design, so I've been to Paris, Milan, Amsterdam, Italy, Greece, Rome, Florence. Um, I used to work at a marbleized paper company called La di Firenze, and they marbleized paper. And my boss saw that I had hmm, artistry, and so she sent me to uh, Florence, and I learned how to marbleize paper. And in doing so, we created a marbleized leather line that was handbags and small leather goods. So we started marbleizing on leather, and they hadn't done that at that point. And so... That's what I brought to, that's what I took away from Florence and all the wonderful things there. But it was kind of a big coup. As I said, this would look great on handbags or carry And she just looked at me, and I never thought of that. Because it was always paper goods, books, hmm. diaries, pencils, stationery. So I put it in a more practical, once again, wearable art. Hmm.
1: So it seems like you, you would catch the vibe of these different countries and kind of bring them into a physical space, into a visual space.
0: Yes. And I, the one thing I learned about traveling, everybody likes eggs. Everybody cooks eggs. We just cook them a little different. Mm. So we're more the same than we're <laughs> not, you know? True. Some places Very I didn't true. like the eggs. Like, I don't like the eggs in France. They're runny, and I'm like, ew. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you go different Very places. <laughs> you go different places and you learn what you like. And you bring that back to you. And I think as as Americans, I think we should travel outside of the continental United States. And especially as people of color, when you get outside of mm-hmm. the United States, there are more people who mm-hmm. look like us than not. And so all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is kind of cool. Oh, well. I, I was just blown away. I, I had never felt such freedom before. I never felt like mm-hmm. somebody was following me in the store, that they thought I was going to steal something or mm. anything. I never felt any of that in Europe. It was, if they didn't like you, mm. it was just because you were an American, but not because of the color of mm. your skin. You know? Interesting. Um, so, you know. It was a very, very freeing experience. I I ended up staying just for a couple of months. A couple, I was supposed to stay a couple of weeks, and I ended up staying like eight months. We already had a house mm-hmm. in Paris, so it made it a little easier. Um, mm-hmm. And at that point, my mother had passed away in 99, so I was totally lost losing my parents. Mm-hmm. I was an only child, and she was my parent, my only parent, and Mm -hmm. I was devastated, so I was, you know, Paris was a good place to kind of relax and take in all the beautiful things that that city has to offer. I mean, there's not one spot that isn't exquisite, the flower shops, the, the stores. The window displays are just incredible, nothing like I had ever seen before.
1: How has the coronavirus pandemic affected your business? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh,
0: we were all set up to launch ElaineSiri.com uh, in 2020 for Mother's Day. And what it was the perfect opportunity to introduce the scarves to the world. Mother's Day, everybody wants to give their mother, you know, an incredible gift. We're always looking for that perfect gift to give our mom and Mm -hmm. we were all set and ready to go and then the virus hit Uh, and we had a lot of money out in the world and we really couldn't do anything about it. We had scarves being manufactured in different parts of the country and in the world and they were just everything was just up in the air and I was just like oh my goodness and my partner uh, Dre Clemens, that's my patron that helped me uh, produce these scarves you're just like okay we'll just focus on the details the packaging, the labeling the care cards, what they look like what it would say just all the tiny little details that makes that make you know your items that much more unique and very personal for me because each scarf is has a personal story like the green scarf uh, it's called LGW I thought for years that my mother loved green. So early on, starting back, when you got to go to the little people store at Dayton Hudson's in Detroit, I bought her green jewelry, or green things, vases, jewelry, books, shoes, scarves. Well into my 30s, she finally sat me down and we're having cocktails. I was finally old enough to have cocktails with my mother. And... (laughs) Uh, She said, Glenna, I I have to tell you something. She said, I was like, what, Mommy? I didn't know what she was going to say. She says, Glenna, I hate green. You like green. (laughs) I hate green. I was like, really? She said, I just accepted it because you were always so excited to give it to me. She said, I knew what what was in the box. Whatever was in the box, it was going to be green. (laughs) mm
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's a great story mother knew,
0: <laughs> you know as mm-hmm. mothers do she true. was always really excited and loved it and oh you want me something great oh you know <laughs> so mm-hmm. you never know, know each so each scarf has a story when you go to the website elaine um aunt Jean, miss rose was one of my first influences uh she was actually a black teacher uh, at the Waldorf School, and not well until I was into graduate school did I realize not a lot of people had ever, ever had an Afro-American teacher, male or female, in their life. So mm. I was like, wow, and I had her mm. from kindergarten to the eighth grade. So she was definitely mm. one of my fashion influences. She was very fashionable and stylish, along with my mother, and my dance teacher, Tony Lewis. Those are probably my big influences when it comes to fashion.
1: What are some of the positives and negatives of starting your own journey?
0: Uh, wow. I think we'll start with some of the negatives. Just having a, a disability and uh, navigating just the world in general, um, being in business and having to communicate effectively with people, um, the The written word is not my friend because I'm also visually impaired and dyslexic. So Hmm. writing and reading the written word was very, very difficult. So memos, letters, things that you would communicate and convey your business with were very, very difficult for me, if not impossible. Um, So a lot of times I was very blessed to be surrounded by friends that helped me um, create my business. My first um, interior design client uh, was actually Coleman A. Young, a mayor of Detroit. And um, mm-hmm. uncle was an architect, Roderick E. Warren. And when I went, I made the presentation. This is back, we didn't have computers. You had these great big uh, boards. And you had the fabric mm-hmm. on them and all the paste-up things. And so they, I gave the presentation. It was great. And so the guy, the men in the room said, so little lady, where's your boss? I'm like looking at them like, what do you mean, where's my boss? I'm my boss. They said, no, 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 no. The man that runs the company, where is, him? where is he? I said, there's no man that runs the company. And they said, well, okay, come back when you have the man that owns the company. This is really good. We'll talk to him about the details. And I went out the room totally confused. Like, why does there have to be a man? I didn't understand. So right. Long, right. Story short, long story short, my Uncle Roderick became my Remington Steel. So he became <laughs> my imaginary boss that was a man. And I would call on the phone, and he would act like, oh, yes, do this, do this. Okay, how about if I do this? And so we just played that kind of Remington Steele um, wow. thing for a very long time. And hmm. I went back, made the same presentation. My uncle Roger was there. We got the contract. It was great, and it was definitely a lesson on how one is perceived early on as a woman. And this was the mid '80s, so you know, we mm. weren't really. People didn't think women could run a business, and you know, I was only twenty-three or twenty-four years old, so they were like little lady. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that was hard. Interesting. so. That was kind of hard being female and challenging. And then the whole dyslexia thing. So I had a lot of people that helped write things for me, contracts. Um, the positive would be, if those are even negatives, the positive would be that I've gotten to create my own line of silk scars. It's been 20 years hmm. in the works because hmm. my scars were so detailed and they looked like watercolors. And it was always very difficult to capture the image. Um, we tried silk screening them but they didn't look the same. We couldn't get the same fluidity that we could get with the silk on paper or the silk the paint on paper or silk. So on and on we kept trying to find different ways, different ways to reproduce them. And finally technology kept kept up game to meet my scars. So it was technology mm. finally caught up to my scars. And so that's mm. how we we're able to give you these incredible images um, that I originally painted because I could only paint – I couldn't paint 20 scarves in a week. So when large stores asked me for – when Neiman Marcus asked for scars, I could only maybe produce 20 or 30 in the course of six months, maybe a little bit more, but that was it. They were original. So once they were gone, they were gone. And they said, can we do some more? And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> You
1: know. I could
0: um right. I could try. You know, so it became quite challenging. And so it's always been a goal to find the most appropriate way to capture the images. Um and we succeeded. They're exquisite. They are absolutely positively. I, I look at them and I'm like,
1: I've seen some of I your work. Would, it's amazing. Yeah, even what I wild. Are like, some of your I most, didn't know. Uh uh-huh. Good. Or who are, are some of your most notable projects? Have um, you um,
0: actually purchased just, them? Work. Uh, I would say working with OBD, Organizational Black Designers, and meeting some incredible. Um, artisans, directors that are actually black, that are in the fashion industry, in the design industry, architecture, um, production. Uh, Now I'm going to go blank. Uh, Ruth Carter for, um, oh, goodness, she was the the costume designer for the Black Panther. Well, she had been doing costumes for years hundreds of years, Mm -hmm. not hundreds, but a very long time. And she finally got noted, became notable because of this. Um, One -hmm. of the most famous, I don't recall his name, but one of the most famous photographers in the world, he photographed the covers of Architectural Digest. Who knew? I mean, we're talking years, like Mm -hmm. 20 years. We never knew Mm -hmm. he existed. Um, We have automotive designers. We had... uh, I just can't think of his name. But one of the designers for Sears and Roebuck was a black man, and I'm just so sorry I can't tell you his name. Um, hmm. And he he created everything we know, the, Ken, the Kenmore line of mm-hmm. home goods and things like that. So we have been in the design industry for a very long time. It's just we've never been recognized, or we've always had to stay back in the shadows and uh-huh. just stand back in the shadows and let somebody else take credit for what we do because we were not able to be recognized as talented people or being taken seriously. We were took seriously, but somebody stole your idea or it had to go to somebody else. Or And we've had a long history of that as Afro-Americans. And now I think we're in our own now that we're able to speak and people acknowledge and understand the incredible talent that we are and that we're smart, we're savvy and and have been for a very long time.
1: What's the best advice um, that you would have for those who need your products and services? Um,
0: I would say check out the website, Theory.com, See the work. Enjoy the moments that I share about each scarf. And if you like one, order it. Our first scarf actually sold a couple of days after Mother's Day 2021, and it went to Singapore. That's, I mean, the first Mm -hmm. scarf that sold went all the way to Singapore. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what could be cooler than that after 20 years of trying to get something done, that it, it went so far and immediately became global.
1: That's amazing. Where where would you like to see your work in the future?
0: I would really like to go into home decor, interior design, bedding, sheets, upholstery, draperies, um, maybe even sell a few of my things at the Smithsonian Museum shops. Early in my career, Mm -hmm. I was an exhibit designer, one of the first women, black women, in the design industry at the and it would be really a nice little sweet piece of pie to being sold at the shop of the okay. Smithsonian.
1: Uh, do you have any upcoming events? Uh,
0: there's a few things in the works um, that I don't want to share until they become real. I don't want to jinx them. Okay. Right now, I'm focusing on the website and all that it takes to make that happen. And of course, I'm always painting. I'm always painting something new. We're gonna line a uh, gift cards and possibly gift wrap. Mm-hmm. You know, but we haven't quite figured out the details on that yet. Okay, works in progress.
1: What's next for Glenna Johnson, the woman? Uh,
0: after the after this last year, I think we've had lots of moments to reflect on who we are, and what we want to do, the things you want to change your life. Um, so I think I, I want to. I learned to be centered over this last year and a half. Meditate, learn to breathe. Um take better care of my health, Hmm. and just working at growing as a person so maybe I could hopefully find that somebody that I could spend the rest of my days with. A companion? Gotcha. Other than my lovely dog, Ziggy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Other than than my favorite dog, Ziggy. Thanks so much for being on our show. We know that you and Elaine, uh, Siri, will be a great success. I
0: really appreciate the opportunity. It's such a wonderful moment to
1: share all of this
0: and my success. Thank you. I hope it inspires someone else.
1: Thanks for listening to our 2021 business with fashion series on Blog Talk Radio's Enterprise. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Facebook.
0: You're listening to Enterprise on Blog Talk Radio with your host Erica Collins.